Costs We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me back from Rwanda, our good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? I don't know. Beth asked me tonight, why did you pick Rwanda? I'm like, I don't know. It was just the first country that came to mind. I figured, you know, why not? But it was just cracking for those me up. Yeah. Just for those of you who uh, weren't playing along last week, Ethan really wasn't in Rwanda. Wow. I don't know. So you, that, mean, you, that you know of, Vincent. Ooh. <laughs> no, he's, he's Ethan Carter, spy. <laughs> so No, yeah. I wasn't. I, I was feeling under the weather. Um, and again, well, let me just say this right off the bat. And I've said it before. Our listeners and our friends are amazing. I, I can't tell you, how, Vincent, how many people reached out for, uh, that listened to the podcast and just, you know, said, I heard the podcast. I just want to, you know, I just want to say, I hope you're feeling better. It's, it, I'm always blown away and touched by the community. And this was definitely one of those occasions I feel very, very blessed that we have so many amazing connections and friends from from this podcast and from this community. So thank you, yeah. everyone that reached out. I really, really appreciate it. I am feeling better. Um, yeah, so. And everything's good in Rwanda? Like, no. no yeah, no, Rwanda's <laughs> it's beautiful this time of year. Um, I actually don't know if that's true or not, but uh, but yeah. Just no. avoid the hotels, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, no, and I am feeling better um, just for people that asked, you know, I don't know what it was. It was, you know, it was a little bit of a chest cold, which obviously is a little scary right now. Um, but it was just, it was, a, it was hard to have a conversation, which made the podcast even harder. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling better though. So that's great. It's 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 good to have you back. It was it, it was, was weird it's, because yeah, it it was weird because I was I, I sat there and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I always have this, and I was talking to Marion about this because I I talk to Marion about basically everything and i was talking to Marion about this and i'm like you know i get really nervous when it's just me and a guest it's just so funny because you did it for before <laughs> me. she said right yeah, yeah. this she goes she goes you you do know you you've done that before right i'm like yeah no it's not that it's just i'm i'm kind of used to i i don't know there's a there's a mechanic that's different when you have a co-host mm-hmm. versus when you're on your own. Yeah, I can see that and, for sure. And, yeah. and I was talking, I always talk about this and, you know, I don't want you to take this in a bad way because I don't mean no. it in a bad way, but it is different because I can put a train of thought in my head and just kind of play it out. Mm-hmm. And just, I know that as long as I, ha- as long as I can keep it moving and keep the, keep that train moving, it's a very different flow from when you and I are having a conversation with a guest. Right. And it's, it's something that, you know, if you get out of practice with it, it really is a muscle that you lose, you know, it starts to atrophy. And I get really, really nervous. Like, can I still do just me and a guest? And I'm not used to having to keep the conversation going myself because there have been times where we've had guests on and I've got nothing. <laughs> and you, thank God, you know, I have a co-host. I mean, there was a whole period, there was a whole period last year where I was pretty much useless on the mic. And the only reason this show was able to keep going was because you were there. Otherwise, it would have been a real freaking problem because every episode would have just been me dead silent trying to find my words, you know? You are your own worst critic. I, I appreciate I that. I, I appreciate that. But um, but yeah, no, I I have I had no doubt that you can do it. I mean, as we said before, I don't think I could do this by myself. I've never questioned it for a second that you could do it by yourself. But it, it I will say it was weird. Like, it was weird because I was awake, right? Mm-hmm. I was awake and granted i wasn't feeling well and it, it was you know i was it was a little tough to breathe and stuff like that so i wasn't comfortable but like i was awake knowing that you were you were recording and i wasn't 
and it was like a weird it was a weird feeling it was like uh like i'm I, like it's a little uh what's uh, the phrase i hate so much oh fomo like FOMO. it was like <laughs> I, I i had fomo because but at the same time like at the same i couldn't do it so it was really it was really really fun talking to Lindsay for the first time mm-hmm. and i i was surprised I was really surprised at how quickly we kind of because we've chatted on we've chatted mm-hmm. on Instagram no, you, you quite guys a bit. Like, and it's just pod, like yeah, yeah, it was just like mm-hmm. well, we just stepped into it, and I yeah. keep using Jason's you know twenty nineteen slash twenty twenty friendship, but it really yeah. is that way. Like you know, and even she said it when she went to meet Kathy. Yeah, that you know she saw she saw Kathy, and it was like they were just friends. And it's like oh yeah, that we we've, we've known each other forever. This is just the first time we've seen each other, but it's like. Really, just the coolest freaking thing. I well, that was it. the other thing I was. I mean, beyond just being bummed I couldn't record and not feeling like my, I was super bummed because I really wanted to talk to Lindsay. I mean, she's you know, <laughs> she's amazing, and and the podcast was amazing. It was a great conversation. So, thank you. Super bummed that I I missed that. She reached out and and you know was really nice saying that she that I was missed, which I appreciate. Oh. But uh, but yeah, so. I'm sorry, Lindsay. I, I really wish I could have been there. I really wanted to be. Um, and so, yeah. And anyway, and thank you, Vincent, for for carrying on and, and letting me take the, the break I needed. So, oh, uh, no problem. We all need we all need our time. We all need our time. <laughs> and it's a special. Episode it is. It's a milestone week. episode. It's a 25. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means? Mm hmm. It means we've been talking for five minutes while the one and only Dave Swiduck is waiting for us. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome, on. Dave. Hey, we, I feel like we home. We made again. it a long freaking way with you, dude. I, right? I, just, I, I I said it last time, which seemed like yesterday, but I said it last time. I'm always so excited when we hit a 25 mark <laughs> because I love having Dave on. Because uh, one, I know it's going to be an easy conversation because Dave's awesome, and also, you know, the radio voice. I I feel like I can just step back and Dave will carry us. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm always proud. I'm always proud of how I can run a show and how I can, I'm decent, you know, on the mic and I get all that. But then Dave comes on and it's like, <laughs> yeah. Hi everyone. I'm Dave Swiduck. <laughs> oh, and I stop. have these, I'm smooth as melted <laughs> butter. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I eat a lot no, of melted but... butter, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's well, good. To, it's good to have you back, man. Thanks sure. guys. It's fun to be back. 75. That's a big, yeah. That's awesome. It. 75 awesome. from the guy who inspired number one. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. That's awesome. So catch us up a little bit. So you've, you've, Oof. um, okay. So the last time you were on, mm-hmm. you were the host of Adventures in Creativity and <laughs> yeah. Digital Soup. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. <laughs> so things have changed. Yeah. So yeah. what have we, been, I mean, did anything happen? Did we miss anything? Yeah, a little bit, I guess, but hopefully what, not. I mean, hopefully two? you're listening and know what's going on already. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I made a change uh, to Adventures in Creativity because I was feeling a, a massive pull to the storytelling side. And so I, I kind of completely wholesale changed that up into... Uh, my show now I do, which is called Faded Words, same feed. You can still find it there. And actually, there's there's going to be some changes coming up because I've decided with everything I'm doing, a lot of podcasting stuff, Digital Soup has wrapped up. It's ended after, I think it was about four years. We hit 200 wow. episodes and just decided it was a good point to kind of put a pin in it, wrap it up. We all had our own different projects we were working on. And uh, so decided that was a good time. So that ended. And I decided I'm going to start trying my hand. It hasn't come out yet, but sneak preview for you guys. 
Uh, I've been doing some writing, working on creating my own audio drama style, complete original fiction podcast or two. And <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of writing, you know, it's, it's been crazy and uh, kind of just turning adventures and creativity into my main uh, production house, I guess you could say. So it, it, all of these shows fall under the adventures and creativity productions banner. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes on the podcasting front, but I mean, wow. ton, tons and other places too. I mean, I complete, I spent eight weeks completely renovating a three season porch on our house into an all season room, a craft room for my wife, home office, all of that. I mean, just a, a ton of stuff. I took up wood carving. So I don't know why. You, did ink to- you actually did Inktober. I did, you know. Me. I did. And after you kind of uh, convinced a bunch of us to get on board and do this, I stuck with it. Just I think there's only, what, three of us that stuck with it through the end. But um, that was a lot of fun. I, I really don't feel like I can draw. But I, I think it turned out all right. And I was I was pretty pleased with the progress. And, and you know, it was definitely a lot of I fun. Thought, I, thought, I thought you did great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things I, I've never had any proper instruction and I, I just rely heavily on the, the photo side of things for me to, you know, try and look at and understand light and shape and all. And that's what gets so frustrating is trying to learn to shade properly. And especially mm-hmm. with ink, it's crazy. Cause you can't just like smudge it and shade it like you would with pencils or charcoal or something. I mean, you got to draw lines and I don't know. That's, I, I did that's my actually best. really interesting that like because I never. I mean, it makes complete sense. But I hadn't thought about the fact that it, being into photography and understanding light and mm-hmm. and depth of field and all those things, it definitely has to be trans. You know, transferable yeah. into drawing to some degree. That and that's actually how I got into photography. Is I was trying to learn to draw. And was taking photos with a, just a cheap little point and shoot digital camera I had, tr- you know, as source material and trying to translate those pictures into drawings and realized very quickly I was much better with a camera than I was with a pencil. So huh. that it's kind of weird how it kind of came full circle. I mean, I still shoot all the time, but um, the drawing was one of those things where I, I've always wanted to do it. My grandmother was fantastic. Um, I mean, she, she drew a lot of like the cartoony style, like cutesy cartoony animals and, you know, stuff like that. And she'd just sit down. I, I remember sitting with her at a, at a, you know, she'd be at the kitchen table and she'd just be telling us stories and drawing these little cartoon character figures. And it was awesome. And I, I've always wanted to be able to do that. And I still can't draw that cartoony style, but I think Inktober, I, I tried a bunch of different techniques and approaches and, and subject matter and some went better than others but you know it was it was fun to try something new i don't know that's that's what i've really been doing since we last talked is just kind of dip my toes into all kinds of different stuff and just try it and see and what sticks yeah that's exactly awesome. i i just picked up a, a wood burning kit uh i don't know a week or so ago and I can't really talk too much about it because she's in the room upstairs of me and I don't want to ruin it. It's, it's I'm, I'm going to try something for a gift for uh, Christmas for my wife. But uh, learning to do that, and I really think the correlation between wood burning and the, the ink drawing stuff I was doing with some of the landscapes and stuff like that, aside from the project I'm doing for her, might actually be something that sticks, you know, because I, I did some tests on some scrap wood and I was like, hey, this works very much like drawing in ink you know you've got that one chance at that single line you know and that's it True. So i, well, I may try some things there 
It's funny. Uh, my uh, mom sent me this thing from Weaver Leather that and it was a wood burn. Well, a wood burning, basically a wood burning tool, but for leather. And I, it's probably sure. the exact same thing. Sure. Um, and I was like, and she's like, oh, do you want this for Christmas? I was like, it looks really cool, but I don't have the steady hand for it. Like I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't sign my signature the same way twice, let alone make it draw, you know, but, trace it in pencil first. And then just, yeah. then, then it's like, you're just coloring. Yeah. There I mean, you it really is it's, what it, it is. It's interesting. You say, it's interesting. You say that you can't draw your, do your signature the same way twice because I've noticed that I can't either. Yeah. And it's like if somebody tried to like when I when I go to vote, for example, mm-hmm. when I have to sign you have to sign the book to take your ballot. And it's like, I don't even know how you guys realize that I'm the same person. Like that's just a vague <laughs> approximation of the signature that was in there four years ago. Right. Well, we, yeah, we we just refinanced this past week and granted we were signing the papers in the parking lot because of COVID and everything. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, 30 degrees. So my hand was freezing, but literally like I signed my signature maybe 50 times and every single one looks like a completely different person wrote it. Like, I don't know, like there's no (laughs) verification. Like this, it proves nothing, you know? Right. It's awesome. I mean, I love, I love the idea. I love the idea that you have gone from what we always call what we refer to and referred to on this podcast more as the soft arts. Mm -hmm. And you're now getting more into the, the firmer creative arts like mm-hmm. well i mean i've seen your your wood carvings and they're pretty damn impressive for someone who's never even picked up the tools before yeah you know you're doing you're doing you did that whole that whole room you're yeah. looking into doing wood burning it's like you are just you're becoming the kind of guy that bob claggett if he ha- if he could create a person who's going to become a maker <laughs> he'd create you because that's the kind of you're the kind of exploring skills yeah, for sure kind of guy that that's 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 what a lot of these generalist channels really go for mm-hmm. like him and i always think of um skill tree also when i think of guys mm-hmm. like this you know people that are just trying to learn everything yeah. learn all the things find what you like do that a lot but then also always be learning something else on the right. side well i feel like our podcast every 25 it, we're slowly making him an official maker oh make, right make action uh, I, and i say that jokingly because i've always considered you a maker and i've said that before <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah I'll, I'll tell you i i i have started to kind of embrace just i'm just going to call myself a maker then along with the rest of the stuff do i do it. Because I, as I was doing this front porch project, and I mean, my house is old. It was built, I think, in like 1919 or something. So as you can imagine, when you get into a renovation project, nothing is how it should be. Nothing square, nothing mm-hmm. simple. It's <laughs> nothing all, square. it is a <laughs> yeah. nightmare. And you, anytime you pull something off a wall, you just cringe because you have no clue what you're in for. And me and my dad tackled this thing and... I mean, even little things like prior to doing this, I had started, I I did some very, very quick uh, attempts at using a Dremel for some carving. And I didn't think it went well. I I didn't like carving with the Dremel compared to the knives, but we got into a section where we put in a new front door as part of this project. And because nothing's square, where the door jam was and where the the trim had to go and, and you had to mount a facing on there so we had something to attach it to, it wouldn't fit where the hinges were. So I, I was like, oh, I can fix that. I just grabbed the Dremel and a, a little bit I had and outlined it, measured it, you know, carved out these perfect slots for the hinges. I mean, they were just precise. 
my dad's like, where the hell did you learn how to do that? Huh. And I was like, I don't know. I've just been carving this wood. I thought it would work. <laughs> well, that works. Let's go keep going. You know, I started realizing these little things that are, have been building up over the years. It's like, and then in the discord group, I was getting teased mercilessly. Oh yeah, you're not a maker. You're not a maker. Sure, whatever. And finally, I was like, Oh, that, right. that group is such a mean group of people. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, <laughs> well, they they understandably so gave me a real hard time about it, and I appreciated it because it did make me realize. I, I think it was Jeff, uh, a weird guy, who said, um, you know, it's it's not what you do; it's more of that mindset of. You know, you could buy it or I could just probably make that. And I found myself doing that. I just made some, we needed some new coat hangers because the cheap ones we had from the store kept breaking and kids' backpacks were too heavy and whatever. So I just was like, oh, I got some of this wood left over from the porch. I'll route the edges, do this and this and boom, 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 put some, we're good. And it's all, so it took me like a couple days. And my wife's like, oh, could you make another one for over here? Yeah, sure. Whatever. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. What what happened here? Right. <laughs> you know, you already have a honey do list, and you've been a maker for like three months. <laughs> right, right. And so well, I mean, <laughs> it's funny though how it just it it builds on itself though, right? You don't even yeah. realize that you're picking up those skills until right until like you're like, oh, I'm doing it, and then but even when you're doing it, you don't really realize it until you're done, and right. someone points it out that wow, yep. you've actually learned, you know. You didn't know how to do that before, you know? Right. And then when you hit you hit true galaxy brain status, when you not only learn a skill, but you learn enough about that skill to take it to a situation where it doesn't even apply right. and apply <laughs> right. something from that exactly. skill in a way that you didn't actually learn how to use it. Like, that's when you're like, you're mm-hmm. in. You yeah, I, in. I remember that night with that stupid door thing. And it didn't even click at the, in the moment. We just, we were, we were, I mean, this was a project, man. Let me tell you, I, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was great to work with my dad closely, you know, get to spend some good time with him. But every free minute I had outside of the day job was for eight weeks poured into this porch and it was long. And I was like, Oh, is this ever going to end? And Oh my God. And it's going, and finally we got it done, but, and it turned out nice. I, I love how it turned out. But after we got done and I was laying down in bed, I'm like, Holy crap. I just, I did that. And where'd that come from? You know, it was that weird moment where I was like, huh, maybe these guys teasing me is, you know, maybe there's something to what they're saying, you know, and I started thinking about it and just figured, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to fight. I converted all of my old AIC pod Instagram and, you know, social media accounts over to AIC makes. I figured that's, Mm -hmm. I'm going to share all of my maker related stuff, whether it be drawings or or whatever, anything that doesn't fit my main photo work stuff is going to go there. Why not? I, they're there already. I'll just use them for that. So that's perfect. Might as well. I yeah. mean, you have the you have the audience established, and they're going to stick around anyway. So right. You know what mm-hmm. the problem though is with this is that mm-hmm. now your wife knows that you can do these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, there's there's no getting around it anymore. Yeah, I was. We were about five or six weeks in on the porch, and she goes, "Hey, I got your next project for you." And she's sending me some kitchen like a. Kind of where like a table you'd put a with shelving for like a microwave and you know blenders that kind of stuff. She sends me this picture of this with all the measurements and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I can probably get that. But I'm not doing anything till after deer season because <laughs> this, <laughs> this the boundaries, thing, right? right this, this porch thing took me right up into a couple weeks before season, and I knew I just needed that break, and so I took it. Yeah, I've been off the grid pretty pretty solidly off the grid as far as social media or anything like that for a good solid two weeks and it's been glorious it's been awesome watching though like your your son right your son you took your son out 
Well, it took both my son and my daughter. My daughter is uh, she's going to turn twelve in February. She's been coming with me and my dad hunting for oh, what's it been? Uh, probably five years now, six years, something like that. And my son, he just turned nine. It this was the first year he's shown any interest in it. So got to take him out uh, a little bit this year, and he's still you know at that age. Nine-year-old boy, pretty fidgety, not a lot of attention span, you know. <laughs> so right, I mean, I remember my dad took me like to take me to baseball games when I was like seven years right. old. He's like, I basically had to bribe you with candy the right. entire game, you know. Yeah, right. and and I mean, he did pretty good. I mean, whispered a lot and talked in the stand, which is fine. I don't, you don't, when you're taking a kid out hunting like that, it's, right. it's not about shooting the deer and and that stuff. It's more just helping generate that interest in whatever it is, you know, and, and just being out there too. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was great. He came out when it was warm out that, that weird 70 degrees, 60 degree days we had. And when it got cold, he was like, eh, I think I'll stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I'd be the same no, way. <laughs> I, I can't either. I mean, he loves being outside. He'll go play in the snow all winter long if you let him, but he knew he had to just sit there and sit still, couldn't walk around or, you know, anything like that. So that's a little boring for him, but he, he did good. And, my daughter was a champ. She was out uh, a ton and, and actually helped one of the guys on our party. He had wounded a deer, and the deer ended up living and getting away. But my dad and my daughter, they, they chased that thing for three straight days. And, I mean, I don't know how many miles, 15, 20 miles. When it was all said and done, they were round and around and around and just chasing it and chasing it, trying to find it, trying to find it. And they just, it got away and, you know, lived and stopped bleeding. Everything was fine. Just one of those things that happen, unfortunately, sometimes. But I mean, she was a champ. Like she was urging my dad, like, come on, let's go. We got to keep going. It's right up there. You know, we could, they could hear it jumping and just couldn't quite get to it. And, and so that I was pretty proud of her for that. Cause you know, for a, a 11 year old kid to have that much eagerness and willingness to be like we got to find this that's the ethical thing you know and she was all in on it so they did their best well, but that's what i was going to ask like this has got to be like you know between you know it's so funny watching this happen across generations like there's you with your dad who's a skilled you know relatively skilled craftsman mm-hmm. i'm not sure about his total level of skill but he is he use he knows how to use tools he has oh, yeah. a shop he has stuff yeah so he knows what he's doing and here you are doing that stuff with him. Yep. And then in parallel, there were your kids going hunting with you. And I'm like, yeah. you can kind of see the kind of Swiduck family tree <laughs> sprouting in <laughs> right. all kinds of directions. It's so fascinating right. to watch. Yeah, he's it's got my cool. he's got my daughter. Uh, I don't know what. It's secret. I'm not allowed to know. But uh, they're working on some sort of Christmas project in, the, in, in his little shop there. And so she's that. interested in that stuff, too. And... Uh, you know, it's it the thing that bums me out a little bit, and Vince, I think you've talked about it before with your dad, where when he was alive, you never really took that interest, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. it, to me, I look at it, and my dad's still alive, thankfully, and, and I'm, I'm loving getting to spend the time with him doing all this stuff over the last however many years. But when I was a kid, if he wanted me to help him with, you know, I, I remember I was in kindergarten and he completely pulled out and redid, put in all new hardwood flooring um through the whole house and i didn't have any and i was like no i ain't doing that you know it was all that just chores. Like work. yeah right. yeah it was all just chores if, if a car had to be fixed or oil changed mm-hmm. i don't want to do that i want to go play out in the woods or do this and that so you know i never took the time you know to learn it and, and spend that time when i was younger 
And I think about it now, it's like, oh, so dumb. I should have done because I would have been a lot further ahead of the game now. You know, <laughs> but, right? Yeah. You know, it's what so can you hard. Do? Yeah. I, but I, you're you're further along now than if you never started. Right. right. Well, that's right. That's a great point, Vincent. It's like, you know, yeah. It's I. I mean, look, I, I I've talked about it, and I you know I I have no problem with you bringing it up because that is the one thing mm-hmm. in my life that I look back on and go, damn it, you did that wrong. Right. You know, I don't have, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky in a lot of ways. I don't have a lot of regrets. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of questionable decisions like everybody <laughs> else. I ha- I've had sure. some, I've had some life choices that were probably not the smartest life choices I've Who ever hasn't made. though? Right. Exactly. Right. right. So we all, we all have some of those, but I really do feel that the one thing, the one thing that I effed up was I had a good relationship with my dad. I didn't mm-hmm. have a bad relationship with my dad, but I really I didn't realize what I had right in front of me until I didn't have it anymore. Right. And I really feel like I see so many people mm-hmm. just casually disconnecting from family and from, from, you know, people that, I mean, I'm not talking about family that's toxic. If you have toxic family, by all means, that's kick different. up the curb, yeah. get on with right. your life. But mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just an appreciation for the family you have and, the resource that they are, you know, it's, it doesn't yeah. mean go use people, but you know, my dad was an amazing carpenter and right. I learned literally nothing from Man. him. And it's just ridiculous to think about that. I had this, this resource, this wealth of knowledge, this formally trained craftsman in my house who I could have asked anything. And God, if I had showed any interest in doing any kind of woodwork, I am damn sure as I'm sitting here, he would have been all over that to show me whatever I wanted to know. And I didn't take advantage right. of it. So, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, maybe you're, you know, you're t- doing this with your dad later in life, but at least you're doing it with your right. dad. Well, I think you know? th- that's the other thing too, Vincent, is don't put it off too. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah. I think we're all very, you know, very guilty of that, of, mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. And you don't know what next year is, right? I mean, right. especially in these times, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So do it now. And 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 listen, I'm guilty of all of those things that we just talked about that we just talked about. But I do. I, there was one thing that there is. So my parents went to William and Mary, mm-hmm. the college, which is, you know, very colonial and kind of like that's part of the, you know, Williamsburg and all that kind of stuff. And so they, they, my, and that's where my parents met. And uh, so they've always been into that old timing kind of stuff. And, um, and there's a kind of similar thing in Rochester. Um, well, not in Rochester, but out the outskirts of Rochester, uh, that, um, that is that kind of old time village. And it's like a walking around museum outside museum. And they have these things where you can actually do a class where you can do a class for anything. Basically, you can do a class for like baking you know, in the old time, timey way or whatever. Um, and I was like, you know what we should do? We should learn like they had a bucket making class hmm. where they, you know, you, you carve this, uh, the, I'm good. I, I, I just, yeah, staves. Thank you. And no you do all that. And then you like put it all together, all of these kind of vintage, you know, old school tools, all hand tools, uh, you know, Chris from Cowdog would be really proud of me. Um, but, <laughs> but, it was one of those things where I was like, it was, it was in that time when I was single, didn't have a lot of, you know, a lot of responsibilities or whatever. And I was, and I, it was that exact kind of thought process where I was like, you know what, 
like I really hope that I'll have many, many more opportunities to do this, but I'm going to do it now. And we did it and it was it was such a great experience. So it, it's one of those things. And I, I feel lucky that I did that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I made myself do that, even though it meant taking a week out of my summer, you know, a week out of my vacation schedule from work and whatever to go home and do that. But it was like, it's going to be a memory that I'll always have. And it's really, it's, it's just a really important thing to think about when, uh, when you're thinking about those things with your loved ones, right? You, right. you just yeah. have to take that moment and don't put it off. Yeah. I think that, I think that one of the things that you have to get out of your head, and this was the problem with me, and I'm just giving this out as advice. Don't assume because you're not interested in something now that you're never going to be interested. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like I, I really, absolutely. If, because I was never interested in woodwork. I didn't care. I literally didn't care. It was not even remotely something I ever wanted to get into. I knew enough about how to like hang shelves and stuff like that, but I never got into it because I, who cares? Why would I want to know how to do that? I'm not going to be a carpenter. My father actually joked with me when I was a kid, if you ever become a carpenter, going to break both your legs. <laughs> you know, he didn't want me to follow in his footsteps. He wanted me to work, as he always said, work with the computers. That's what I had to do. I had to work with the computers. <laughs> and, now, and now it's like, I'm, right. I'm, you know, my, my side hustle, which I'm working very, very hard to turn into my hustle. Mm-hmm is woodwork right <laughs> so funny what? it's so ironic and not it's not ironic it's but it's amazing yeah yeah well so you know sorry dad <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing though I, I think there is something that you can look at that with and, and not have as much regret over it because i i honestly think that without the the background you had with that you wouldn't have the appreciation of it right now yeah. And the desire mm-hmm. to want to push yourself more now because, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know how I am personally, where there's always that kind of underlying feeling of you want to make your, your parents proud. And mm-hmm. even if he's not here with you anymore, you know that you taking to this now would make him proud and, and you having the passion for it is doing something because of the regret, you know, that you have over not. I don't want to say taking advantage of, of his knowledge. That's doesn't, I don't want to, don't mean it to sound negative, but you know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. having that drives you now to learn and do things that you maybe never would have done had you sat there in the shop with them every weekend, you know, cause that might've, you just weren't ready for it. You weren't in a, in a mental space for it, you know? One one of the things I have noticed, one of the things I have noticed though, is that the stuff I do is stuff I don't know that he would have done. Right. Mm -hmm. Like my dad was, my dad made, my dad was more in the lines of a Chris Salamone type. Okay. Yeah. That, than what the stuff I do, mm-hmm. you know, I think Chris, <laughs> we mentioned Chris again, but why not? I think someone like Chris from Cowdog would have loved my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad and him would have been arguing over how high to set their hand planes and how thin <laughs> right. a curl they could get out of it. Right. You know, and I got corrected last week, by the way. I said, <laughs> I know, I love curl. that. <laughs> I thought that was freaking hysterical. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. But um, yeah, I think, I think that that's, you know, I think that's kind of cool that I did take what he, you know, what he always did. And I took yep. it in a completely yeah. different direction. So right. yeah, you're right. There is, there is a certain amount of applying the knowledge or at least the knowledge later on in life just brought the interest right. anyway. And, you know, I just took it in a different direction from where he right. ever took it. But see, I, th- I think that's, I think that's a really beautiful thing too, is you, 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 you're not supposed to be your parents replica, right? Like you're mm-hmm. not supposed to be what they were. You're supposed to take, 
the parts of them that make you who you are and 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 put it into the world right like yeah build on it right and and make it your own like you you shouldn't be a copy of them and they and i don't think any parent would want that i wouldn't want that i wouldn't want my kid to be a copy of me i want i'd want them to take the best parts of me and make it their own right Um, so I think that, I think that's really nice, Vincent. I think that's a great, great way of putting it. One of the interesting things, one of the interesting things that, you know, came out of, you know, I feel like I'm laying on the couch and doing therapy, but (laughs) one of the interesting things that came out of my upbringing was my parents never discouraged me from participating in artistic stuff Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Like I, I played the piano growing up. I played the saxophone. Um, they, if I wanted to draw, they bought me art supplies. If I wanted to paint, they bought me art supplies, whatever I wanted to do. They never told me no, Mm -hmm. but they did make it clear that the arts weren't a way for me to make a living Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I could keep that as a hobby, but that should be, it should be just that for me. It should be a hobby. I think that's very common. Yeah. And that's sort of, I think it's really interesting that, you know, my goal at age 44 is to make an Mm-hmm. make my art your my your living. living yeah yeah and it's so funny that it's like oh wow imagine if i had started this when i was i don't know 24 right right you know if i had really started learning the stuff that we see some of these young woodworkers i forget his name i think it's jd turning i think it is kids like 17 years old mm. and he's freaking fantastic yeah. he does full-on carpentry all over all over um instagram and he's out in the shop constantly making stuff doing craft fairs um last well, week about i talked alex, to alex Steele, man alex, alex Steele. steel's yeah. another one the wonder kid alex Holy Steele. Sh- yeah yeah um little lavender who i talked about last week she's like 17 years old she's mm-hmm. pursuing her art and turning mm-hmm. it into an etsy business already at 17 right you know at 17 years old i wasn't selling anything if i was selling anything it was old toys that i got tired of playing with and that she's was making <laughs> stuff and selling stuff. that was just to to fund the new toys you wanted to buy Right, yeah, exactly. it wasn't like a business you were thinking, and I'm I'm right in there, you know. We yeah, it's we kind of this generate in our our generation maybe kind of craps on the whole hustle culture idea, especially when pushed by guys like Gary V and some of that. I won't get you started, Vincent. Just take a breath, <laughs> <laughs> take a breath. Okay. I'll, I'll take a sip of my Snapple to keep do, me from do talking. that. Yeah, brought to you by Snapple. Um, the one good thing that's come from it though is I think kids today. They feel like they can, yeah. They yeah, they feel like, hey, I need some money to buy that new iPhone or I want to buy that new video game system. Let me see. I'm gonna do this thing. I can do that. I know how to do it. I'm gonna turn it into a my own business, you know. And it's become mm-hmm. so commonplace, it's kind of scary because you also see the other side of it where a guy like Mike Rowe, um, you know, he's a huge advocate for it and sets up, you know, he has his organization or foundation or whatever, because so many kids now want to go that route. And no one is going into the trades anymore. No one is, you know, right. wanting to do the work. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but it's fascinating that so many of them, their first instinct when, you know, they, they see something, they're like, oh, yeah, I can turn this into money. You know, I'm just going to do this right. thing. I'm, I'm good at creatively, and I'm going to make money at it. I'm going to set up an Etsy shop at 17. I'm going to, you know, become well, a I think that, I Twitch mean, streamer or YouTuber or whatever, you know. I, I that And that is listen there's a lot of negatives with social media Mm -hmm. and all those things a hundred percent i there's probably more negative than positive but one of the one of the positives is that it does make it more accessible for people to get into it including kids right i mean um you can i mean you can start an etsy business as Mm -hmm. 
a no one. You can yeah. start selling on uh, Instagram as a no one. Like, and so that it is, it's a, that's the, the nice side of social media. There is right. more, I, I think on balance, on balance, there is more upside than downside to mm-hmm. social media and social networks. Now, this is coming from someone who no longer has a Facebook account, <laughs> who for the most part can't decide if he's going to keep or delete his Twitter account, <laughs> um, you know, who's basically disconnected from all social media at this point because it's just become a distraction for me. Mm-hmm. And the only social media I maintain is Instagram. And the main reason I maintain that is because it fuels my business. business right. right. But it's really, it's on balance. If I had to say, is social networking a positive or a negative? I would say it is a positive as long as you curate who you're following and Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Right. If you just throw open the kimono for everyone to look inside, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be fun for you. It's just not. It's going to, it'll start out fun because you're going to have the looky lose and they're going to all want to hang out and get involved and be all up Mm -hmm. in your business. And then over time, what's going to happen is you're going to become attached to a bunch of people you don't know. Mm-hmm. And some of those people are going to get weird. Well, like they just <laughs> are. And here's the thing. I, th- I think it also is having the right mindset going into it, right? I yeah. mean, and we've talked about before with, you know, trolls and haters and stuff like that. You, like that's going to happen. And I think I think that's the, the, the pitfall for because adults – well, some some of us don't handle it very well, but but all all things being said, you know, adults can usually handle that and navigate that a lot better than than mm-hmm. kids, right? And I think that's the pitfall. Um, that it's it's that's going to be part of it, right? That there's no way mm-hmm. around it, right. especially as you get bigger and bigger. So the the big the more that it becomes a prospect of having a business, the more you're going to get that right the negative oh yeah and and having the right mindset but also the right ways of coping with it is really really important because it's going to happen well and well, i i dave, just go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say because this is this is a discussion dave you and i have had this on many occasions <laughs> right. about the intrinsic value of social yes. media you know mm-hmm. as far and i was just i was curious because i know we're t- i'm talking about how much you know it does have value and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take private conversations public here. No, no, go ahead. But I feel like you're at least skeptical of that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't like like you have a business with, with Instagram for example, where you mm-hmm. have a product you are selling and I totally get it in that respect. It it makes perfect sense. You know, what I when I'm looking at it from my side of it, it's as a photographer. Which good luck trying to stand out. You, you know, all you can hope to do is find you know a handful of people that appreciate your work, and, and that's about it. Um, which is fine. And on the podcast side, and you and I have talked many, many times about it mm-hmm. as far as promotion and, and promoting and trying to build uh, you know an audience and in a, a following with a podcast. And I did an experiment prior to going hunting when I went off the grid. I spent for, for faded words, I spent a full month and I didn't promote anything. I didn't even post, I didn't promote, and my podcast numbers did not change. Which told me I thought this was the most remarkable thing, yeah, by the way, when nothing, you were showing me you actually were showing me mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah, nothing yeah. changed at all. No blip, no drop. And I thought, okay, the first week 
maybe to, okay, it's still pretty recent. I let it go for a full month and nothing changed at all. And then I promoted one week, my Halloween episode, because I was, I, I don't know, I was just really proud of that episode. I thought I might've been the best one I'd recorded. It, it's not an original story, but it was one that I just had a lot of fun doing and I wanted to promote it. So I did that for about two days, maybe three days. That episode didn't do any better than any other one. And then I went hunting and haven't touched social media again for another two, two and a half weeks, probably. So through all of October and most of November, I have not promoted my show at all. My numbers are the same as they always have been, which told me social media for me does absolutely nothing for my to boost it. Yeah. yeah, to boost it or, you know, anything. There's no or, or, or hinder it. Yeah, right, it doesn't right. doesn't hurt it, right. doesn't help it. It's it's just me putting in effort kind of spinning my wheels on, you know, for no reason, because it's not gaining or doing anything. So I'm very much in this, this mindset with social media. Like I love the connections you can make people like you guys and, and connecting with individuals. And I love looking at stuff. I found that during this time off the grid, I've become a little bit of, what do they call it? A creeper where you're kind of just, you know, you're, 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 you're scrolling and you're looking at stuff, but I'm not really engaging. I'm not posting anything because there are some amazing creative, <laughs> that's me, <laughs> <laughs> but there's some amazing creative people doing all kinds of stuff that I love looking at and photographers on Instagram, all that stuff. But as far as it's benefit to me, I'm really in a point where I don't even know how much I'm going to keep at it. I mean, I'm always an open door. People want to reach out and chat. I love meeting people and talking to people. Right. Right. But well, promoting okay. it's, it seems like a waste for me here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Actually, I uh, hear what I, what I've found with social media and the promotion and that kind of stuff is that mm -hmm. it, it comes in waves and you can't control it. So right. it's not, it's not something that you can rely on mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so like my, uh, my Instagram numbers have been horrible lately. Like just, you know, I mean for me, like for, you know, well, relative to relative to what they had been. Right. Didn't so you I've know been, that visiting Rwanda would do that? <laughs> just kidding sorry nice. but no but 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 that's totally it though it's like so you know there there was a time a period of time where anything i posted and promoted was like gold like i was like right. living the high life right like i was doing really well i was getting you know i was getting like 20 to 30 followers every mm -hmm. post which yeah. is a lot you know and and then then there's times when like recently I've been posting and I get like, you know, the numbers are horrible. I mean, again, the, those great posts were getting like two to three, two, two to 3000 views mm -hmm. and which is great. A huge, I mean, like I was super proud of that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, and now I'm, if I break a thousand, I'm, I'm feeling good. And again, I realize that that's a big number for a lot of us. Right. So right. I'm not downplaying that at all, but the, the contrast between that and the fact that my following has grown since then. So the fact that, that I'm getting less is even whatever. So mm -hmm. it comes in waves and flows. And I think that's part of understand, like part of accepting social media is that it's, you can't control it. Um, you have to do it because you want to do it. Like you have to mm -hmm. do it because you're en enjoying it. Right. Right. Um, cause I enjoy putting out my videos. I enjoy the projects I'm doing yeah. and I've, I've actually been posting less. Right. But and that's I've been 
part of that's been because I've been focusing on YouTube a little bit more. And mm-hmm. part of it's just because I was burnt out. Like I just didn't, right. I wasn't feeling it as much. And so I posted when I wanted to. Um, so it can be a good avenue, but you can't rely on it because you can't control it. Right. Right. It's not something that you can say, I'm going to put this much effort in and it's going to give me this much more awareness, or this much more listeners or followers or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't rely on that. So you have to you have to base it on enjoying what you're doing right? because otherwise it's, it's pointless. Well, and that's that's for me with with the AIC make stuff when I started doing that. Those accounts have no regularity. I have zero plans to start making any videos Instagram or YouTube or otherwise, because uh, mm-hmm. not my thing. I love doing right. the photos, though, you know. And so, I, I and it's like when you make something, it, you know, whether it's a drawing or whether it's a, you know, a coat hanger, whatever it is. Like, yeah, cool. I'll share that out. I did something, and I'll put something out if I feel like it. That account right. has become very much like I, I. I don't mean this in a bad way, but almost the dumping ground for just like a, hey, here's something cool I did. Whatever, you know. I, I don't. I don't. Not many people. I, I think that account has like 150 followers on Instagram, and there's nothing tied to it, right? There's no like emotion no. tied to it, nope. right? And there, there's no feeling of promoting anything. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to build or grow anything, and that's the big difference because I've spent years feeling like I'm spinning my wheels trying to build and grow the photography work. Cause that's still my primary creative outlet, you know, trying to build and grow the writing I was doing so heavy for a long time. Uh, you know, the articles like adventures and creativity used to be, I was pumping those out daily and mm-hmm. I, I struck to, you know, stuck with a very rigid schedule and I was loving it. I mean, the more I wrote, the more ideas I had, the more the articles kept coming. It was all great, except no one was reading and no one was, you know, no matter what I did to try and promote and share and engage or anything else, it wasn't changing any of the viewer numbers on the site. And that's where Vincent, you and I have talked about as antiquated as it sounds, I still kind of feel, and this is something I'd planned to put some serious work into. And then, you know, hunting came. So all else goes on the back (laughs) burner, but looking at building like just the old school, traditional, email letter, uh, email newsletter, um, you know, kind of, kind of mailing list controlled on your own website. Cause I still, the more I look at this, that's like you said, Ethan, social media, you can't control. That is one thing you can control though. And spreading that word that way. And if you can manage to build and and grow that way, you're already a leg up because those people are willingly choosing to follow that and subscribe to it because they're genuinely interested in what you have, not just giving a follow for follow kind of thing, you know? Well, and well, that, and the, that's the other a cool thing, thing. The other thing with that too is that the problem with social media is that the people that actually want to see it might mm-hmm. not see it because of the algorithm. Exactly. Like that's the other piece of it. Yeah. yeah, and and that's where the newsletter. I I totally agree with you. I think you know the people that do it really well, like uh, Drew Fisher of Fisher Shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a really solid following, and he is really really good with his newsletters and Mm -hmm. his email blasts and all those things because he's getting that communication to people that you know the algorithm might not feed his instagram post up to right so no vincent picciuto is another one does he dave picciuto is another one his his email newsletter is fantastic oh absolutely yeah you you were starting to work on implementing this a little bit too if i recall right vincent yeah um i've I I tried to. It's funny you say that because because I know I got one, one of those from things, you. 
Yeah, <laughs> I just I just sent one out like a week ago. Yeah. And I noticed it got really good a really good open rate. Like yeah. almost 80% of my email list opened it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't draw anything, but I'm starting to think like maybe that doesn't matter. No, you know, I think like, it's still about communi- uh, connecting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I figure if I can get 80% of my email list, and look, my email list is not huge, but you know, 80% of the people getting it, opening mm-hmm. it, that's a that's a fine number. Like I, I can talk to yet. these people and they want to listen, yeah. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and those are the ones that are going to do the most powerful thing of, of word right. of mouth. They're the ones that right. are already... Uh, I don't want to say sold in in terms of purchasing something. No, but that, that is you're right. Yeah, you're they're sold right. on yeah. you, and so they're already yep, right. yep. bought into your ecosystem, and they're going to be willing to say, "Hey, have you checked this out?" So it's old school. It, it's you know a, a friend of mine, Jason from used to be Digital Soup. Now he has his Geekly Speaking show. He laughs at me when I talk to him about this because I said I think I'm going to try and just work on promoting via a traditional old school newsletter. He goes, who uses email anymore? It's also email. Everyone. And I was like, yeah, but it, I think everyone the, does. It, yeah, here's the, it's here's more the thing. People, people assume that email lists are dated mm-hmm. because they're not social media. But, but the truth is, if you can get someone to sign up for your email right. list. Mm-hmm. So one of the, they're one connected, of the, right. One of the important parts of influence, as you'll learn, mm-hmm. if you listen to the great Jason Stapleton, <laughs> is fascination. Right. Right. It's not just interest. Interest doesn't get you anywhere. It's mm-hmm. fascination. It's somebody wants to be connected to you. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to just know about you. They want to be engulfed by you. They want to be in your orbit, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you could get that fascination to the point and even as a starting point to where people connect with you by joining your email newsletter, mm-hmm. well, you have them on the hook. That right. that's a that's a positive action toward getting into your orbit. Mm-hmm. And if you're pulling them in that way, you're doing really, really well. Even if they scan your email in like 30 seconds and go, Yeah, I'm not interested in this today. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of email newsletters that I get. I don't necessarily no, read all of them. Not. Yeah. Right. I do open all of them right. and I'll give a quick scan to every single one of them. I don't look at every email, mm-hmm. but like, you know, Matthew Van Deputa, mm-hmm. who is um, one of my favorite people on the planet. I scroll through his, you know, I don't necessarily read in detail everything, mm-hmm. but I definitely skim every single newsletter he sends out. David Picciuto, I actually read everyone yeah. who yeah. sends out because his newsletter is fantastic. Well, and yeah, these are people who I've said, you know what? Forget Twitter, which I may not even go on for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm I want you to come into my email box when you have something to say. Yeah. And I'm waiting to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's also like it's it's a it's a reminder. Again, it's it's the people that you actually care about, and it's a reminder mm-hmm. like to check out what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Like so same thing like i get when i whenever i get something from david picciuto i'm like oh did i did i miss his last video like it, yep. it's just that kind of reminder even if i don't read the email even if i hit delete it's still like just oh, a little bit a of a reminder out. right yeah you know same thing but, but that's because i care like i actually cared enough to subscribe to his email right. list because right? you're like, fascinated yeah. yeah because you're fascinated it starts with fascination yeah. it really mm-hmm. does it yeah it's it's funny when you start you know, I I don't I won't make this a plug for Jason stuff, but Jason teaches a couple of courses on influence and mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. And one of the most interesting things that he teaches is the 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 things that go into influence. What is influence? Mm-hmm. 
How is it? And you start to understand like, wow, this is kind of what I need to be doing. You know, almost, I almost feel like when we do this podcast, we're influ- we're trying to influence people, right? We're bringing them into our world. Mm-hmm. And then we're by extension, bringing them into the world of the people that we have on the show as Absolutely. well. Yep. And it's like, we we're creating, we have the fascination because, you know, a couple of hundred people every week tune in to hear us talk. Right. But then we're giving new people that fascination. We're transferring that fascination. Like, hey, Vincent and Ethan think this person is really cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should pay attention to yep. them too. Yep. You know, well, you, you can kind of transfer that level of fascination for people that are interested in what you're doing mm-hmm. to people that you're interested in that may they may also be interested in. And I, I think that's I, I think I've said it before, but I think that's one of the things about podcasts that people really like connect with is that you're more you you can watch everyone on youtube you can watch people on instagram or whatever but there's something about a podcast that makes people feel like they're hanging out right mm-hmm. and, well, and and it's myself because they're listening one-on-one <laughs> right true you know yeah true. they're listening right. by themselves typically but but and and we're talking and we're talking to to you and we're talking to us and you know it's it's a much more engaging kind of uh relationship and i think that's i've said it before with the modern maker and podcast that was one of the first podcasts in the maker space that i that i listened to and what it was is like all of a sudden they became people to me they didn't become right. they they weren't they, they were no longer content creators or four eyes or whatever they were people that i could relate too, and I felt like I was l- hanging out with every week and stuff like that. And I think that's a really, uh, you know, powerful thing for for podcasts. For that same reason, is like people want to connect with people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it, yeah, I don't know. No, I think I think I actually think that's what it is, and I think people are hungry, especially now where right. if you oh, leave right. your if you yeah. leave your house, you get shamed. You know, right. I think that there is a there is a, a desire to be connected to other people, even mm-hmm. if it's virtually digitally and in, in a 2020 type friendship, but right. well, and, and we're much more on it. I mean, I feel like we're much more, everyone, when they're talking, regardless, it, it, you do a voiceover versus being on a podcast. You're much more authentic on a podcast, yeah. right? I mean, yep. you can't help it. This is who we are. I'm. I'm not putting on a show. I'm not doing a voiceover. I have no script, right? I and am clearly. I, I really. Script. I really sound like Steve Urkel on a normal day. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to do what you all have been waiting for. We we teased it. We were going to do it last week, but you know, Ethan had his trip to Rwanda, so we <laughs> want to make sure I'm not going to bring up Rwanda every time, I promise. I'm going to beat that joke to death today and then it will never come up again. But anyway, we are going to finally talk about the next challenge, which we haven't even named yet. But the last time we didn't have a name, Dave popped up with one and was like, that's the name. <laughs> so No pressure. We may have a name after the halftime show. Who knows? But either way, we are going to at least get you guys started and we'll take it from there. So we will be right back after the break. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. 
All right, everybody. The moment you've all been waiting for. It's the next challenge from Because We Make. Now, there are some details that we are going to have to work out, but we do want to give you guys a head start on getting started with the challenge. So here are the rules as we have developed them through weeks and weeks and weeks. And what I mean by that is really the last few minutes in the halftime show of how <laughs> we're going to actually do this challenge. So the last time we didn't have a name for the challenge, um, Mr. Swiduck just stepped in and came up with Enlighten Us. That was his idea. And I just said, yep, that's the name. We're, do- we're going with Enlighten Us. So Dave and Ethan and I conferred, and we have a name. The name of the challenge is the Unwrap a Project Challenge. <laughs> Here are the rules. Ethan, Dave, and I are going to pull <laughs> up a random word generator and generate random words. We're going to generate six random words, so two each from each of us. We will all have basically voting power on the words, and there's a reason we're doing this. Trust me. You want this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to put that list out there. You will pick two words from that list, and then from those two words, you will create an original toy or game just in time for Christmas. Now, nice. here's the deadline. The deadline is December 20th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Don't screw around. <laughs> we will not take your damn entry. <laughs> we, didn't let, we didn't get any late entries last uh-uh. time, by the way. I just want to point that out. Everybody yeah. was terrified of getting it in late. We are going to stream, and this is probably asking for trouble, yeah. But we are going to do the live stream to announce the winner the next night on the 21st. So, um, Christy, Justin, uh, get ready. We're going to probably call yeah, you, we guys need you guys again. <laughs> We're going to need mods for the chat. I'm just picturing one of those like stuffy, like British cooking show type people that are sitting there kind of looking at you angrily saying, the time starts now. <laughs> so, <laughs> get going. So... I- Oh, go ahead, Ethan. I was just gonna say I'm I'm picturing myself in a like a smoker jacket or whatever they're called in front of the fire with a Christmas so, tree in the background. I'm so wearing a Santa hat for it. By <laughs> the way, I just want you to know I'm wearing a Santa hat. I uh, may or may not wear a Santa beard. You know, here's the thing: Ethan can picture himself that way because he probably has it done already, like last time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, I was literally I was literally making that bow tie, like. 10 minutes before the can confirm yeah yes. no i, I mean he actually girl. made it it didn't fit either no right. it was choking me the entire time it was like yeah, the worst no, design I, ever i meant your project like last oh time. my project yeah i was the one that was me i was the one that did it the day before it was no, due. No, that I, was me i'm saying he's picturing relaxing in front of a fire there's no pressure for oh. him he's already done it <laughs> oh, see what i mean like gotcha. last time yeah 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 no yeah, little, no last little, minute though. stuff anyways back to the rules back to the rules yeah we will have now look i'm just gonna level with you we don't have the prizes sorted out we don't have that part figured out yet okay i'm not gonna sit here and tell you hey here's the prizes but we didn't really do that last time either no right we kind of just threw it out there we threw one prize out but we got so many people that wanted to participate which by the way i'm just putting this out there if you'd like to offer something with you know a little bit of a plug to go along with it. We, we have no problem doing that. If you'd like to offer something as a prize, by all means, get in touch with us. Um, you can use the contact. 
In fact, I'd prefer it just because it's easier to manage if you use the contact form at becausewemake.com to submit. I'm, I, I don't want to make it that formal, but I know last time it just got really hard to manage with people hitting us from like DMs. And so, yeah, if you if you are going to donate something and I really do appreciate it, Ethan really appreciates it. Mm-hmm. It's welcome. It's beloved. It just makes it so much easier for us to keep track. We did have trouble. I will readily admit that we had trouble last time keeping track of the submissions. Um, we did get them in email, but some people would send them to us in email and then send it to, to each of us on Instagram DMs. You don't need to do that. We see the emails. Trust me. Um, in fact, I know we actually missed someone in the in the stream when we were. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I appreciate it. Um, just keep it. Send them in that way. Or you can email us and we'll give you the email address. I know no one's going to have the project done next week. So we'll have all the rules up on the website probably by the next episode's recording. So next Wednesday, you'll see it. So, okay, just to reiterate, December 20th, 1159 p.m. Eastern is the deadline. The live stream will be the next night. We're going to do it the same way we did last time. It's going to be Ethan and me. And we're going to have a little fun with this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So... Gentlemen, do you have your random word generators ready? I am mm. ready. Yes. All right. Let's do the cool thing and let the guest go first. So, Dave, why don't you give us our first word for the challenge? Mm. First word comes up saying materialistic. Mm. Hmm. That's mm. a tough one. I don't know that you could make a toy or a game with that word. Okay. Let's, let's hit it again. And this one comes up. Uh, if I'm saying this right, decorous, D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. Jesus Christ. These words, now you see why we have voting power, guys, right? Wow. Hit it again. Even, I'm, I'm looking up that word. Hold on. Decorous is in keeping with good taste and propriety, polite and restrained. Hmm. Actually, that's not a bad word. There you go. Oh, do we want to go with that one, guys? Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. Go for it. First word is decorous. Wow, that's a that's, that's a, a that's a mouthful. That's an SAT word. I would not have known what that. I had to look <laughs> it up. <laughs> All right, cool, Ethan. You want to pull yours? All right, I'm gonna hit it. Here we go. Orange. Oh God, Justin. Justin just is went, just like <laughs> Grant pumping his fist. He's he Grant's taking pictures really of his house. Yeah. <laughs> orange. All right, orange. It is. That's a good one. Nice. All right, click. <clears throat> Charming. Okay, Ooh. these are good. These are All good right. words. All right, charming. All right, I like there it. Go. All right. Very good. Okay, very good. Dave, word number two. Uh, I, I don't know if this is appropriate for a toy or game. It's uh, scintillating. Well, I mean, I'll depends take on it. Who I'll, the toy I'll, I'll, I'll accept <laughs> it. I guess what kind of game to it? Because it doesn't have to be for a kid. I was going to say, yeah, just define toys. I mean, some people have lathes. Anyway, number four. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, go for all it. Right. Uh, all right. Sloppy. Ooh. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's uh, a project this, right up my a, alley. That's an unfortunate one. <laughs> Especially after scintillating. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I really do value the clean tag, gentlemen. Well, hey, it's a, you know. Can't all, right. all the last one clean shop people. <laughs> last one I just got, and I don't. I mean, it's a good word, but I don't think it fits. Is outstanding. Mm. No, I do it again. No, we're gonna run that one again. Okay, next word. 
<laughs> Needless. <laughs> no, that is definitely my project. My entry will definitely be needless. So <laughs> I think I think I'm going to run it again just because this is a toy in a game. It's hard to make a needless toy or game. Can I still make a needless? Oh, okay. Now this is a good word. You ready? The last word, alike. Mm, alike. That that's got a lot of interpretation room. Mm. I, I like. Okay, so here are the words as we have drawn them: decorous, orange, charming, scintillating, sloppy, and alike. Mm. Hmm. Pick two. Make hmm. it happen. Yep. I I think I think this is these are our words. So we got charming and sloppy on the list. So right. I mean, you guys, and by the way, you're welcome. You won't get extra credit for using more than two words. But I mean, if you wanted to use the whole list, I'm not going to tell you not to. But you're only going to get judged on two words. And the same judging rules as last time. We're going to judge, obviously, on technical merit, artistic merit, all that. But there's also going to be the intangible, the X factor, the it factor, whatever you want to call it. The holy crap, that's really cool factor. (laughs) That's my favorite one. Yeah, I mean... You could make the coolest project, and I hate to say it, but you could make the coolest project and not win just because it doesn't have the it factor that someone else does, which which is by design because we want people to feel like you don't have to be the most technically proficient to be in right. the game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, last time we had everything from um, a camera turned into a lamp to a concrete lamp. I mean, we had some, so we had a front end of a BMW was one of the winners, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, it's, you know, and Bernie won just because not so much because he did something amazing with the CNC, but because the finished product was amazing. Well, and he, he captured so many different parts of it, you know, exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah. So the point being, don't feel like you can't play the game. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised. We, we understand. We understand. We're not. We're not trying to be dazzled by people who hand in something and we just go, "Well, okay, then that's the end of it." We were worried that was going to happen mm-hmm. because Shane kind of dropped a bomb as the first <laughs> entry. Like, oh crap! On the first entry, Shane really. But you know, there was some really good entries that just hit us a little differently after mm-hmm. that. So, you know, my favorite is, part, Vincent, too. Yeah, was I was introduced to. New account, new people and new accounts that I had never mm-hmm. seen before. And like, again, that's what this is all about. So I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I've made I've made friends with people right. who exactly I did not know before. And I mm-hmm. just think that's the most amazing thing in the world. And what actually amazed me more was how widespread the listenership of this podcast yeah. actually is like, you know, entries from other countries. It's like I didn't even know we had listeners in right. these countries. Right. So it is really, really, it's a fun thing. We will do it the same way. We're going to pick an ultimate winner, um, and we'll pick two runners-up, the same as last time. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, and we'll do categories. I think we should do categories again. We could, we'll see how many entries we get. I mean, if we yeah, get enough entries true. where we could split stuff up, maybe we can do more than, but at least with those three, we know we're going to get enough entries to do totally. a winner and two runners-up. And then we'll see mm-hmm. if there's, you know, we can maybe have a listener's choice, because Ooh. why the hell not? We can... We're gonna do it live anyway. We'll have we'll have the viewers pick oh. one, and we'll award something to them the next week. Nice. Wow. How about that? I just came up with that on the fly. I nice. yeah. Even if even if we have the even if we do the same top three, I think we should add a fourth, even if we have to. 
Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like yeah. the listener, the listener viewer's choice. choice. But viewer's, viewer's choice. choice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. There you go. So see, that's that's what and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is what it means to be a professional radio host. Right. We we really plan <laughs> things out and never do things on the fly. But we really <laughs> wanted to. So really, the idea was to get you guys started. And again, I'm going to try to get the rules page up at the becausewemake.com website. It may not make it up before this goes live, but you have the rules. You know what needs to be done. The specifics will be up on the site probably by the next episode. So episode 76, where we already have the guests lined up, it's ready to go. Um, yeah, that's the challenge. So I hope you enjoy it. I can't wait to see what you guys submit. I can't um, I'm really, really hoping, I'm really, really hoping you guys have some young children that you can show playing with these things that you make. Um, I just feel like this gives us a chance to be Santa's elves for Christmas. And that's always a fun thing. So there you go. All right. I think it's that time of the week where we pick our things of the week. What do you think, Dave? You want to give us a thing of the week? I've got a thing of the week for you. And I know you you teased me earlier about wanting to arm a militia. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'm going to pick, you know, I was thinking because I've been off the grid so much. I haven't really done anything really new but the one thing i did it's i got to use my favorite all-time favorite knife um out in the field deer hunting and it's made by gerber it's called the freeman guide um and i sent you the link you have that Vinny. if you want to share it you can you don't have to put my link in the Mm -hmm. show notes but um i had done a review of their folding version of this knife um quite some time ago i want to say uh, 2018 it looks like i'm looking at the article and I've used the fixed blade version of. I have two two ver, two copies of it and the folding copy. So I own three of these knives, and I use them all the time. It is just super durable, retains an edge like nobody's business. Easy to keep sharp, and it's razor sharp. And they just feel they fit really good. Feel really good in my hand. Um, so it's and the best part is they are super inexpensive. I mean, we're talking probably under thirty bucks. You know, to yeah, to get a super solid knife. Yeah. Now, you know, whether you want the, the, the link I sent you is for the folding version. Um, mm-hmm. If you like that, it's a little bit more of a everyday carry style. It's a little big. It's not like a tiny pocket knife. It's definitely one that you're going to throw in a holster and a camera bag or something like that. Um, but it's not like some giant, you know, Rambo knife either. So it's just a, a really nice size, you know, kind of think of a, a good like pairing knife size, a little bit bigger than that. But I prefer the fixed blade version for most everything I'm doing, but the folded version stays with me all the time because just those little things, you're opening packages or, you know, whatever else it's perfect for that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I use it as a screwdriver sometimes, even though I'm sure that's terrible, but you know, it's just a really solid blade. So it works well. So I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed. And, and ever since I was old enough, I have, but you know, and I'm pretty sure Ethan does also. Do we, do we all, do we all carry some form of knife on us every day? Yeah. I've, okay. I've got two. I do too. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Okay. So I always find it interesting and, and and ladies this is not to to single you out. I don't mean it that way, but I mean it's just the way guys are brought up. I just always find it interesting that there are guys who don't carry a knife with them of any mm-hmm. kind every day. Like it just almost surprised me like really you don't have a knife? Mm-hmm. Like I always have some kind of knife on me. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. But, wow. 
I, I keep bumping into people who's like, hey, uh, do you got something I could cut this with? <laughs> right. Yeah. What would you? Yeah, always, always, every time. Either it's my Swiss Army knife, which is what I carry the most, or it's my uh, my Leatherman. But I always have something. Mm-hmm. I just find it weird that there are guys that just don't carry a knife anymore. I guess that's we're kind of old school that way. <laughs> As Ethan says, we should sit back in our smoking jackets and just exactly. uh, yeah. reminisce. Ethan, can you believe there are people that don't carry a knife with them every day? It's what? Just so... <laughs> you should get them one forthwith. Yeah. Bring it I wanted to. I, w- <laughs> I wanted to bring up something else, Dave, because there's something I noticed in this article, and I was curious about it. Yeah. Um, one under gear notes, it says images are all processed in Lightroom Classic with Rebecca Lilly's premium color ah. grading Pro Set Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the base one, so we were just talking about this before yep. the podcast. I told and, you, I've been using them forever. Yeah. So, tell me about this real quick because I I automatically assumed, and I, mm-hmm. I, I this is not without me having experiences, but I don't use you know um, ancient people Lightroom like you do. Sure. Yeah. I use. I use the modern version of Lightroom. Yep. So I don't have access to a lot of the plugins and preset packs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Some now are starting to like, I have a couple of preset packs that I do have in Lightroom, mm-hmm. but most of the preset packs don't run with Lightroom CC. They run sure. with Lightroom classic. She actually apparently makes them run yep. with not only CC, but mobile. Yeah. I, I, you can, and I, I don't have the instructions in front of me. I know she includes them when you buy them. And right now, I guess this is a unsponsored plug, but she is having a huge mm-hmm. sale, uh, like 40% off her systems. They all usually run about 120 bucks. So you're going to get that for what, 60 ish dollars, somewhere in there. I've been using her, her color grading systems and, and they are Lightroom presets. They do uh, adjust things like uh, your exposure and stuff like that. You know, some too, there's some, you know, vignetting and stuff that happens that she does, but the main reason I love them so much is because she does some just beautifully subtle things with color that is so perfect. It just it works. I mean, each set, you can look through the sample photos. There's a ton of variety. But the biggest thing is that none of them are like these massive, extreme, slappy across the face kind of, you know, ugly presets that, you know, when you think of a preset, you're thinking of these things that are just going to wreck your photo. You know, they are just going to be so over the top, extreme everything. All of her stuff is very subtle and it, it like very smooth, you know, gradation between different colors and the way she handles the tones and the lightness and softness of everything. Um, whether it's that or she makes some beautiful, really cinematic, um, dark and dramatic, dark and moody type stuff, some black and white. And I've been using these since uh, Pro Set 3. And it, she seems to put out one a new set about every year and a half to two years because she really puts time in. But she can she actually goes in. Uh, she it's a service she provides. You can pay her to do, and she will take a look at your work, have some in depth discussions with you, and create custom, entirely custom profile setups just for you and your work. If you really want to take it to that level. Um, so she's just brilliant at what she does. Super awesome person behind the scenes too. I mean, I'm a nobody photographer and every time I reach out to her, if I've got a question or just want to, you know, pop in and chat and, you know, say, Hey, I love that photo you were sharing, or I love the series or whatever else. She always like, you know, I, I used to say, I don't know if you remember me. We talked and of course I remember you, Dave. I love this. And she just remembers you. She knows you. And she really values everyone that, that uses her stuff. Um, as far as her, her 
preset systems there. And so I, I can't recommend Rebecca Lilly's color grading set enough. I'm looking through, I'm looking through her, I'm looking through her offerings here and they mm-hmm. are just, I'm just like, Oh man, I, I kind of need these. <laughs> well, you know what it is? Like everyone loves kind of that, that film look, you know, mm-hmm. and most of the preset systems like VSCO and all of that, you see that emulated. All they do is they slap on a big, you know, they flatten out the curve, lift the darks. So there's no actual contrast. They wash out the colors and they say, Oh, that's a film look. She doesn't exactly what they do. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. She doesn't, Mm -hmm. she's not trying to make a film look really, you know, as far as she's not trying to replicate Kodak, uh, Kodachrome from 1950s or 60s. She's not trying to replicate, you know, Portra 100 or 200, anything like that. What she's doing is making very custom looks that are kind of cinematic. They're capturing certain moods and feels and emotion rather than trying to emulate a specific type of film. So all of her stuff is usually, you know, named uh, after, you know, either like a light, like ProSet 5 has the airy, you know, air and, and Brio or, or Key West, the reminder of places and, and feelings and emotions, you know, and whatever it is. And the newest set she has, which is six, which is the last one she put out, same thing. And it's, they're just, they're amazing. Um, I mean, there's it, just. It, I'm looking. I, I love what she does on the site because she has mm-hmm. a lot of demo photos. Yes. In different areas, like low light, higher light. Yep. Um. And and I'm looking at like I love that each preset has a description next to it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Tell you, you what it's impacting, how it's gonna. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. I love that because that's I've I've looked at these preset packs in the past, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they'll just be like, "Hey, this is what it does." And like. Yeah. compared to bright autumn like, what is it compared to yeah. okay great <laughs> exactly but this is fantastic so yeah that's like a almost a bonus thing of the week is right Lily. we were literally just talking about this before like the episode 15 so minutes cool. 10 minutes yeah mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool to see uh that she actually showed up without even being invited. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this, not that I, I don't, I'm not sponsored by her. I have no affiliation other than just, I'm, I'm happy as a clam to promote her stuff to anyone that wants to know about it. Cause I've used it for literally six years, something like that, seven years. And if you do go over and decide to purchase, or you have questions and, and anything else, if you heard it from here, just let her know that you you heard me talking about it. Because who knows? Maybe I can get a discount on a future. I don't know. Maybe it'll turn into <laughs> something. But I know she would just appreciate it more than anything else, just because she's truly, genuinely just one of the good ones. I mean, she really goes out of her way to know the people that that use her products, and not only that, but just support and encourage. She's always like retweeting and sharing and instagram story sharing other people's work constantly and just she doesn't have to she just does it because she sees something she likes and and she wants to share it and that's awesome so, which is the right way to do it yeah i was gonna say that's as good a reason as any right yeah she's cool. we'll put fantastic. i'll put her information in the uh i'll put her information in the show notes because awesome. yeah if someone's doing good stuff we definitely want to recognize it and uh if you if i in case i forget which i 
tend to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Lily, L-I-L-Y, dot com yep. to find it. Um, if you get in there quick, she's doing a big Black Friday sale, 40% off. Mm-hmm. So wow. if you're if you're interested in this kind of thing, now is the time to uh now's the time to snap some of it up because right. awesome. this Pro Set Six, the new one is 119 bucks. So 40% off ain't bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, she's gonna, she's an amazing gonna... photographer in her own right too. I mean, most of the mo- all the sample photos you see, she has photographers, you know, she sends it out to mm-hmm. people as them test them and but she her her uh, social media handles, I believe, are Rebecca Lily underscore pro.com. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to see more of her work uh, as a photographer, you can go watch that. So, I mean, she shoots and she she kind of does what she, you know, helps other people do, you know. So she's not just somebody creating these presets that doesn't do any of her own work. She's amazing. Right. It's absolutely. This is this is some fantastic stuff. I love I love these I got to say one of the best parts of using Lightroom or even what's its name? The other software that I was using before. Um, No, the other one, the lesser, the less, the low budget one. That's really, really nice. Luminar. Oh, oh, okay. Luminar is one of the nice things is that there are these preset packs that kind of make you look like, you know what you're doing. Sure. Like, and I don't necessarily use them that often, Mm -hmm. but what I do find is that sometimes when you struggle with a picture, it's like I, you can't quite get it right. Right. Sometimes like drawing one of these yeah. presets on is like a way to go, all right, I can't do anything with this. What do you got? Right. And sometimes you'll you'll save a photo that you think is garbage mm-hmm. by just giving it a new spin. And yeah. these these are great. These are really cool. Yeah. And like her stuff, I've used it long enough where I know that, okay, as I get a new, it t- there's always a learning curve when I get a new pack, you know, the new set from her. Um, well, I've paid for all of mine. I didn't get anything, but um, when I buy it, there's always a learning curve figuring out like, okay, this one does this, this one does that, that that gives me this color. And, but then after a week or so when I'm editing, I know like, okay, here's this photo. I want to enhance this. This one will work good with that because it's going to do this and this and this to the colors. And I love how that works, you know? And so mm. you, you get to a point, it really is much more of a, of a color grading system than it is just slapping a preset on and, or, or, uh, filter basically you know right exactly it's definitely and I'm just gonna, not that i'm just gonna i just want to put this out there um you mentioned her service that she'll do for you in case you want to know how legit she is and mm-hmm. you know i don't know how many clients she gets at this but it's 1800 dollars right. to have it done yep. so it's not like she's you know and i'm reading through the process as we're talking mm-hmm. you order it there's a consultation there's the development presentation she shows it to you there's a beta you get to try it out you give feedback and then mm-hmm. she gives you a like there's a this is like yeah guys it, it, yeah if you're if you're a photography nerd i'm not as big a photography nerd as i used to be but i can totally see myself like going down this rabbit hole very very quickly so and it, it just creates a, her regular sets creates such a beautiful palette to choose from in, in as a base because i go in and make further adjustments and change it i never slap it on that's just me i'm at that point with my photography but her color work just sings to me i use it on almost everything her photography is fantastic too by the way her her instagram page is yeah. unbelievable <laughs> holy crap um yeah i'm 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 a follower now um very nice <laughs> Um, I, she does that weird thing with her Instagram though, where she doesn't like, she likes to mat her Instagram, which I don't like, but I understand why she does it. I do. But it. I, 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 I know I don't <laughs> like it. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to like it just cause you do it. And you're my friend. I know. I, 
I don't like it, but I understand why people. I, I again, I understand. I just yeah. for me, ugh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but okay, um, Ethan. Yeah, Ethan. Did you bring back anything from Rwanda? Or okay, oh, um, I can't stop. I can't stop. How about Wakanda? Jeez, um, <laughs> from there at all? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh boy. Yes. Um, yes. I'll did you? Problem. Did you bring back a thing of the week? <laughs> I did. Uh, it's a really, really quick one. Um, I've talked about a lot of different like leatherworking companies, uh, but I've been using uh, District Leather a lot uh, recently, and they've been really, really great. They have great products, great. Uh, but one of my favorite things about them is their customer service. They have been super, super responsive for anything that has gone wrong or that I've had questions with. And so they've been really, really good. So uh, district lever at district leather is my thing of the week. Nice. Cool. Yeah. They, you were talk, we were talking about when you, when you got your slicker. Yeah. And you were talking about how you bought some leather from someplace else. And you specifically said, not the stuff I get from district leather. No, not their stuff. This was some other cheaper yeah. stuff. That I had. <laughs> um, the leather I get from district leather is always like supreme. Like they're so uh, I think I talked about her desk before the hand. Like, so I'm making these uh, leather wrapped handles for her mm-hmm. desk. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was talking with her, I was like, I need like for, for you to be able to offer your customers a very consistent product. I need to be able to source the leather like in a very consistent way. And mm-hmm. I was like, district leather is the way to go. It's it might might be a little bit more, you know, costs a little bit more, not a lot, but a little bit more. But it's always going to be consistent. It's going to be the same leather every time, and uh, and that's what I like for them. So, and and it's proven true. So they they've delivered the same leather every time, same color, same everything. So they're cool. they're, they're good stuff. Cool. I will put that link in the show notes and that one I'll remember because that's just the link and that's what the show note template has in it. So um, I just want to point out, by the way, before I get mine, we are having a problem with anchor in the show notes. I know I, some of you have pointed out that the links aren't working and I don't know why. Um, I think it's because our show notes are actually too long Hmm. and it's truncating the HTML I'm using. So we might have to figure something else out. Like I know we put my links and Ethan's links and, you know, sponsor links and stuff. I think we may have to just trim it down a lot. Um, I think there's just too many characters and I think anchor is just truncating the HTML and that's why the links are all broken. And uh, sometimes you'll just get one big blob of text with everything all together with no page breaks. I'm aware of it. I'm trying to figure it out. If anybody has any input on what it might be, feel free to hit us up. But I think our show notes have gotten longer and I think that's actually the issue. One thing to look for real quick, because I know on Podbean, who I use, there's a little tiny button they hide that that says um, way down at the bottom in there. It it says auto fix HTML. And Mm, it might be that would be that would be awesome. It might be hidden somewhere in there very small where it's trying to automatically correct what it perceives as an error. Um, well, that could be, that could be because I do write it. I do write the HTML for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is the, the thing that's annoying is that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right. like if it was failing consistently, it would be like, okay, Here, here's a I, simple I, thing. When yeah. you paste a link, 
do mm-hmm. you make sure on the line as you paste it in and the cursor's sitting there, hit return so you it'll skip down to the next line after so every line. When I use so I use a code uh, an app called Code Writer mm-hmm. to actually write the HTML mm-hmm. and it puts it there for me. Right. Uh, it, but it try it, this. It makes it idiot proof. Once yeah. it's in there and the, the notes are mm-hmm. there, go just click at the end of each link and hit the enter key and okay. see because sometimes I know even like Google Docs. If you don't hit the enter key after a link, it just puts it as text, and okay. it, it doesn't will, code the link. That might be it might be just a simple fix like that too. Worth worth a look, worth a look. Because our, our show notes are a bit of a mess, <laughs> and we're really sorry about that. But at least, well, we don't even have we do have the titles. Like when we pick a video of the week, we right. put the title in, so at least you can find it. But yeah, we're aware, we're working on it. We'll get it fixed. It's one of those things. It's just annoying, but we'll get it fixed. So. Ethan's picked District Leather. We will have that link in the show notes, mm-hmm. hopefully, if you can read it. <laughs> My thing of the week is a little bit weird for me this week, but it, it it's a good one. I got to try something I've seen a lot of woodworkers try over the years. And I tried it because a client asked me to give them a set of barnwood coasters. Mm. And I'm like, Okay, how the hell am I going to do barn wood? Now, I could go to Home Depot and buy one of those planks of barn wood for like 50, 60 bucks. And that would just be a completely stupid waste of time thing to do. And I don't do stupid waste of time things that often where I would go to Home Depot for a stupid waste of time. Anyway, <laughs> um, but this, I had I had plenty of red oak. And I know you can do a really cool thing, particularly, you can do it with any wood as long as it has um, tannins in the grain. But you can do it in particular with red oak. It works almost on the entire board. And you basically take a container, you put a whole bunch of quad-aught, preferably quad-aught steel wool, and I'll explain why in a minute, into the container, and you cover it with white vinegar. And you let that sit for 24 hours, and then you take that liquid, that stinky metallic liquid, (laughs) and you brush it on your oak. And holy cow, does it transfer, does it, transform oak and holy cow does it do it in a hurry like a big hurry i i did a i did it on my instagram stories and my tiktok no judgments um i did it on my tiktok account so you can actually see it for more than 20 minutes and you could literally watch the transformation happen on camera i did not speed that up that is how fast the reaction happens it basically takes red oak and i only i can only vouch for red oak because it's all i've tried it with but it turns it this grayish brown color. You want to use quad aught steel wool because triple aught steel wool is very thick. Uh, well, not very thick; it's thicker. And what you may end up having, it won't dissolve as it rusts and forms that reaction. So you may not get. You may end up getting little flecks of the steel wool in your solution. So you might end up having to like you know, do a light sanding or some kind of buffing and polishing before you finish up what you're working on. But the results are unbelievable. What you get is so worth the effort. I did the coasters and then I lightly sanded them with 220 just to get back the high spots, get back to the wood color as opposed to the gray color. They're absolutely fantastic. It's a great technique. I would highly recommend trying it. If you have something that you need to age, that's a great way to age it really quickly. It just, you have, after you put the vinegar in, you have to leave the container open because if oxygen can't get into it, it doesn't, <laughs> oddly enough, the oxidation won't happen if you can't get <laughs> oxygen into the <laughs> container. 
I know crazy talk, but <laughs> it really does work really, really well. It's super easy. It's super cheap. Um, it'll how, go. How long? Do, how long do you leave it? Okay, so you you leave it in the you leave the container for twenty four hours. That's when you can start using the stuff. I left it for like almost almost seventy two hours yeah, before I started. That's what using I've done too. It's about, it's about like two and a half days. Yeah, basically, um, I let it sit. I'm just going to tell you this much: when I used it at full strength, it turned the wood black. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good look. It's just not. It doesn't look good. But what you can do is what I did is I diluted it with a mixture of 50% water and 50% um, 90% what is that got back there? 91% isopropyl alcohol. Mm. So I made a mixture of that and then I mixed that into a small batch of the stain and that made it much less potent and it was much more tolerable. Plus it dried in a second, mm. which is because I had the alcohol in it. So mm. um, it doesn't go very deep if you don't leave it for a while. Um, so if you're planning on sanding it after you do this, just be aware you might end up sanding right through it. Uh, you might need to really saturate it and let it sit and then sand it if you want it to be that again, or you can just apply more if you need to, but it's a really cool technique. Definitely. If you're going to do it, I did this. I'm glad I did experiment first and don't just dip it in because I dipped a piece in, it turned black. (laughs) I was like, Oh, Okay. But if you put it on with a foam brush, which is what I would recommend everybody use this, um, use when doing this. If you do it with a foam brush, should be good to go. It goes on relatively thin. And then you just if you if you want do what I did, I just dabbed it off right away. And it's a hell of an effect and it's cheap. Like yeah. you know, a couple of pads of steel wool and some white vinegar and you're done. It's also like every wood and every like even the same species of wood were, uh, reacts differently. So mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. To your point, Vincent, test it. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not kidding when I say test it. I legitimately mean test it. You will be very sad if you use this on something because it's not going to be predictable what it does. It's just not. It. Um. Yeah. So don't expect it to behave a certain way. Just uh, try it out. And I think you're going to be pretty happy with it if you're trying to age some wood. It's a very effective way. So... Yeah, that's uh, my thing of the week is vinegar and steel wool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I should be tumbling down a hill and getting my head fixed. <laughs> um, to some people get that reference, and I like you people. And if you don't get it, I, it's not that I don't like you. I just like the people who get it a lot more. <laughs> so I think we've I think we've actually reached the end of episode seventy five, gentlemen. Five. Damn, 75 episodes. You know, I figured the last thing we could do in the last few minutes, and I'm not going to cry this year. I promise. I cried last year. I am not going to cry this year. But I figure we can maybe just do a quick what we're thankful for. I mean, it's 2020. 2020 has been, let's be honest, it's been a garbage year for a lot of reasons in a lot of ways. Um, But, you know, I like to try to think of, you know, not everything that happened this year was bad and there are things that we're grateful for and things that we're happy about. So why don't we take a second and have a little moment of gratitude, Dave, is there anything in particular that you're thankful for this year? Uh, I guess just a couple things, um, off the top of my head here. Um, first off for a person who, I mean, myself that kind of fought the idea. No, I'm not a maker. I just uh, try things. You guys and all of the amazing people in the Discord that are so encouraging and, and, and everything else, you guys are awesome. I'm thankful for that because 
I I don't know. I, I never considered myself in that camp. And there's some extremely talented people in there with a ton of knowledge that I don't have. And just the the support and the encouragement from all of all of you guys in there. I'm not going to name anyone because I don't want to leave anyone out and catch crap about it later. Um, <laughs> but you guys in there, you know who you are. You, you've been amazing. There's some incredibly talented people. And then I think on the other side, um, just kind of a general thankful for being able to find in the craziness of this year. And I mean, it's been pretty brutal for myself and my family. Um, as it has for many people, but being able to find those moments and those small positives um, and recognize those when they're there instead of getting swept up in the this year sucks feeling, you know, and, and I'm thankful for being able to have those moments like taking my kids out hunting or just hanging out on the couch and, and understanding that having my family with me and healthy, hopefully knock on wood, um, is so important. And, and is something to celebrate in the face of everything else. I agree. That's beautiful. Yeah. I agree. Definitely, man. Um, Ethan, you want to? Yeah, I'll on. quick one. Uh, yeah, I mean, just listen to you say that, Dave. I, I am very, very thankful of the opportunity to just be part of, you know, just to be around all these amazing people and be part of this community and all that. Um, I'm really, really thankful that in this year when everything's been so crazy to have found a community that I can connect with virtually. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds silly, but it, it has made a huge difference. And I think it has made a huge difference for a lot of us to be for everyone that cannot connect in person to be able to connect and find real friendships and yeah, true friendships and true connections through, uh, through podcasts, through virtual hangouts, all of that. It just has meant so much for me. So that has meant a lot to me. And then the other thing that I'm super thankful for is, uh, and this is going to get cheesy, but I'm super thankful for Vincent and this podcast because this has become such a, a nice and amazing part of my life every, every week. And just to be able to connect with Vincent and to be able to talk with people that are so like-minded every week has really, it really truly has made this horrible year much more enjoyable and, and, and happy. And uh, so, so thank you for, thank you, Vincent, for bringing me on. And thank you for everyone that is listening and for making us keep going on because it, it has truly made this horrible year so much better. I, mm. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and thank you. Um, I said I wasn't going to cry, so I am not going to cry. Um, and last year I did cry, but I'm not going to cry this year. I just won't. But, um, I, you know, I got two very important people to thank right off the bat. Um, basically <laughs> to the left and the right of me, I got the guy who inspired this podcast to begin with. And that's of course, Ethan. No, I'm kidding. That's Dave. <laughs> and I have the guy who I wouldn't imagine doing this podcast without Ethan. And this podcast has meant so much to me. I feel like I spent so much time 
trying to figure out, you know, I, I like the idea of being a content creator, but I never found the content I wanted to create. And that's a weird thing because, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, even in our circle, everybody's like, I want to, you know, I'm going to be big on YouTube. I'm going to be big on this. I'm going to be big on that. And I'm like, I don't really want to be big on YouTube. Like I, I, I'd rather consume YouTube. I don't necessarily want to be on YouTube. But then I realized that, hey, the thing I know how to do, the thing I take pride in how decent I am at it is podcasting. And I love doing this. I love if, – if we had one listener every week, I would still do this podcast and I'd do it with a smile on my face because the feedback that we get yeah. on, on, on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, sometimes we'll get feedback for an entire week of release. And I mean you guys, you guys are amazing. Every one of you that listens, every one of you that writes a review, everyone that shoots us some feedback, every one of you – that has participated in the last challenge and that are going to participate in the current challenge, all the people that make up our community, I'm thankful for every single one of you because this podcast, as much as I would do it, if none of you listened, it's a hell of a lot better because you are. And I really appreciate every single one of you. I know everybody says, you know, I appreciate all of our listeners. And I don't doubt that everyone that does a podcast appreciates their listeners, but I really do feel like there is something special about this podcast and the people that listen and the people who have given us, you know, two hours of their time on a Monday night and the people who are going to give us time on their Monday nights or the people who are going to be on the show going forward. I am thankful for every single person and Every single, every single entity that made this podcast happen, because this podcast has given me a purpose in this community like nothing else ever had. I feel like I have a reason to be in this community, not just as a fan of all the people, all the luminaries, all the big names, but it also gives me a chance to go. Hey, have you heard of this person? Well, I'm going to talk to them for two hours and you're going to really dig them and you're going to want to follow them and get to know them. And the last couple of weeks in particular have just been the most rewarding weeks that since we started doing this podcast, because we've introduced people to a whole bunch of new people. You know, I know that um, Justin isn't doing the Garage Avenger podcast, Make Ideas Reality, and he, at least for a while he's on hiatus. Mm -hmm. And But I think the one thing that I love about Justin is the one thing I love about us is that, yeah, we will have the big names on. I'm not stupid if, you know, I want to have a big name on and people are going to listen for the big names. But I also know that when you have someone, and this is not an insult, it's someone with a smaller audience like Ashley Minnie. And, you know, you just get feedback like I've never, I never heard of her. She's amazing. How did, how did I not know about her? And I'm like, yeah, we turned someone on to her today. You know, and I am so thankful that you guys give us a couple of hours of your time every week and listen to us ramble and chat. And even when it's just Ethan and I, some of you still listen, which is kind of cool. But I really <laughs> do love, I really do love that the feedback is always there. Always. It's it's not even always from the same people. Sometimes it's people that just go, Hey, um, um, you know, they start following me on Instagram. I'm like, I don't even know who this person is, but they look interesting. I follow back and then I get a DM a few minutes later. Like, hey, I started listening to your podcast. I can't believe we didn't, I didn't know about you guys. I didn't know you had a podcast. This is great. Thank you so much. And it's like, wow, you know, 
and hey, my voice may never be a YouTube voice. It may never be a 50,000, 100,000 person on Instagram voice, but it will always be a podcast voice. And as long as there's somebody to have on and somebody listening, I will be doing this podcast and I will die in this chair doing it, which is kind of depressing, but I mean, it love. <laughs> <laughs> so to everyone that listens to everyone that has made, made us a part of their week yeah. to people who have told us that we are their Wednesday morning routine. People that, and, I and people that reached out to me last week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. guys, thank you. Just thank you so much. And I, I'm just going to say this in closing before we get out of here for the week. I know 2020 has been a hard year. It's been a hard year on everybody, right? And that there, bad things have happened. But I feel like this is your opportunity this week, tomorrow, Thanksgiving. Instead of thinking about all the bad things that have happened, put them away for a little while. And just think about all the good. Because even in a year where everything went wrong, you're still here. Right. Mm. And the fact that you're still here says something about your character and the fact that you have a purpose on this planet. And your purpose on this planet can't be to mope around and feel bad for yourself, even in the most crap year in history. Yeah, because that's my purpose. Go find, right, go exactly. find your own. No, I'm just kidding. So we got Dave. That's what we got Dave for. Don't jack, don't jack his purpose. Dave wants that. All right. So <laughs> stick to the positive. Find that little nugget of daylight peeking through the crack of the door and walk toward it. It's not always going to be this way. And you just have to get through it. I know it's trite. I know it's not what you want to hear. But if every one of us, talking on this podcast and listening to this podcast can make it through this year. So can you, mm -hmm. and there's no reason to not be proud of the fact that you came out of this a winner. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great week and we will see you again next time. Mm -hmm.